Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Headline, Texas Attorney General sues Christian influencer for scamming former fitness clients. Now, it's about this woman down in Texas. She uh, she has labeled herself as a social media influencer. Now, hey, I, I realize I'm a dinosaur. I, sometimes I feel like I'm completely out of touch. But I do know, well, I think I know what an influencer is. Just a few years ago, nobody ever heard of an influencer, particularly a social media influencer. Well, this uh, this woman, I'm not even going to give you her name because that's not important. She, uh, for quite some time, well, she began her uh, YouTube video stream back in 2019. And again, she advertised herself as a Christian influencer. Well, then she got into fitness stuff, and she became a Christian fitness influencer. And uh, she began charging people for her <laughs> for her I- influence, and she promised individualized uh, workout programs, fitness programs. Uh, you tell her who you are, you know, what you want to accomplish, your your height, your weight, your your age, and so forth. And she would put together a custom fitness program for you. And, well, she would be happy to charge you for it. Well, some of her clients found out these were not custom fitness programs at all. She was sending the same thing to everybody. And uh, the Texas Attorney General says it's a scam. So the state of Texas is requesting penalties and court fees ranging from $250,000 to $1 million from this Christian influencer. Right now... I want to be very careful. I want to be very cautious. This whole influencer thing has been very troubling to me, just personally. Because people who consider themselves and that other people consider influencers have enormous power and enormous authority. And yet... They're 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 somewhat anonymous. You meet them on social media. You don't meet them face to face. You don't meet them in person. You don't go to a a meeting where they're standing up in front. You go up and shake their hand. No, no, no. This is all virtual. I think I think that's very troubling. Where is the accountability? Who are these influencers accountable to? And in most cases, they are accountable to. Nobody. They're the lone rangers. They're the mavericks on social media. Now, just a few minutes ago, just before we went on the air in this segment, 
I did a little internet search, and I said, who and what is an influencer? Because, again, this is a very contemporary, this is a very new term, a very new concept from the last 10 years. And here's what I found. Here is a common definition that I found several places, several times, about who or what an influencer is. And let me read, let me quote. An influencer is someone who has the power to affect the purchasing decision of others because of his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with his or her audience, a following in a distinct niche with whom he or she actively engages. Can I read that to you again? An influencer is someone who has the power to affect the purchasing decision of others because of his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with his or her audience, a following in a distinct niche or niche, however you want to pronounce it, with whom he or she actively engages. Here's another one. Influencer marketing is a form of social media marketing involving endorsements and product placement from influencers. Now, I've looked and looked and looked. How do you become an influencer? What education do you need? Is there any kind of certification? Is there a test that you take? Congratulations, you have now graduated from influencer school. Uh, No. And once again, I want to make it very clear. I am not indicting all or even most social media influencers. But here's my concern. Anybody can be an influencer. If you are articulate at all, you don't need really any experience. You don't need any education. You don't need accountability to anybody. And you can have thousands, hundreds of thousands, or even in many cases today, millions of people who are hanging on your every word because you are an influencer. But again, it's all virtual. It's all basically anonymous. It's not anonymous, Bob. I can see them right there on the screen. Yeah, but what do you know about them? Well, they're really good, and I like them. Okay? I've just been troubled by this. And by the way, the social influencer thing is a multi, 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 multi multi-million dollar enterprise. Uh, I have a friend whose daughter is a social media influencer. Now, in this case, she's really a solid person. She's got a college education. She has a lot of experience in her niche or niche where she socially influences. 
And she is bringing in big, big, big bucks from her bedroom. Just from her bedroom. She just does a podcast where she is a social influencer in her particular area of expertise. And again, in this case, she's got experience. She's got education. I I don't know that she has any accountability, but she's a legit, okay? But there are so many out there who have hundreds of thousands of followers who hang on their every word and they have no accountability whatsoever. Like this gal down in Texas who is being fined, well, possibly fined by the state of Texas for penalties and court fees ranging from $250,000 to $1 million because she was scamming people, telling people she was a Christian fitness influencer. Be careful. Anybody sitting in their parents' basement can be an influencer and have thousands, hundreds of thousands, or even a million followers. There are no requirements, no education, no certification, nothing. And that that concerns me. Now, I think there are really a lot of good influencers out there. God bless every one of them. But then I've got this story. Headline, credibility of pastors waning as influence of Christianity loses cultural dominance. This story really concerns me. Fewer than half of American adults, including non-Christians, see pastors as, quote, very reliable, end quote, when it comes to handling spiritual matters. Not political, economic, spiritual matters. Less than half of American adults consider pastors to be very reliable when it comes to spiritual masters. Or pardon me, spiritual matters. The survey was done, at least in part, by Glenn Pakiam, P-A-C-K-I-A-M, who is with the Barna Group, one of America's most respected Christian polling research organizations. Uh, Mr. Pakiam, Glenn Pakiam, says, quote, Pastors are no longer perceived as a credible voice or a trustworthy source of wisdom on much. Churches don't have much of a role in a community unless they can provide tangible help or practical care. And people aren't likely to turn to a church for help when facing difficulties or crises. In fact, Christianity is just one way of making meaning of this world, and it isn't even really a respected way. For many, it is archaic, outmoded, prude, and or rude. So says the senior fellow at the Barnett Group. And then he gets more specific. Only 23% of adult Americans agree that pastors 
are, again quoting, definitely a trustworthy source of wisdom. 23%. Among Christians, the number is 31%. That's Christians, people who self-identify as Christians. Only 31% believe that pastors are, again quoting, definitely a trustworthy source of wisdom. Among non-Christians, 4%. Again quoting, non-Christians have the strongest reaction against pastors, with 29% saying a pastor is definitely not a trustworthy source of wisdom. (sighs) Wow. Now, let me jump a paragraph. While a significant majority of pastors, 67%, were very confident that their congregation considered them to be a trustworthy source of wisdom, only 21% expressed a similar level of confidence in how the general community where their church is located sees them as such. So the pastors who participated in this study, 67% say, yeah, yeah, my congregation, they trust me, they respect me. But in my community, I would only be respected by probably 20% of the community, or 21% to be more accurate. So on one hand, we have people in a bedroom, a basement, a living room with no credentials, no authority, no accountability. They got a microphone. They got a cheap or sometimes an expensive camera. They go online and they become an influencer. And people hang on every word by the thousands and thousands and thousands. And yet the local pastor has almost no respect whatsoever. Almost no respect for their counsel, and even when it comes to handling spiritual matters. How do we explain that? How do we explain that in many cases a completely anonymous person virtually has enormous respect and authority, and pastors who, for the most part, has spent years preparing, are accountable to a church board, a congregation, have very, very little respect, even in spiritual matters. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.